way back in the before times on It Was a Thing on TV. What? Matt? <laughs> Every... <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Well, also in the promos, the big thing and we mentioned it earlier, what is going on? I mean, that was like the, the, the big draw was in the ads was Matt Gould saying, what's going on? So you had to see what was going on. <laughs> it's better than like every other reality show where, okay, you found uh, you know your, your boyfriend or you're the last survivor. Let's have this little after party. Yeah, woo! No, no, they actually showed like how we how we got there. That was like again absolutely. It was brilliant. smart. It was absolutely it, smart. It, it was super smart, especially if they only did one season of this. But that's another episode. You're gorgeous. Theme music. This is it was a thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 244, submission number 969, Joe Schmo 2. Wait, what submission did you say this was? 969. Nice. Nice. Joe Schmo 2 aired on Spike TV from June 15, 2004 to August 10th, 2004, for nine episodes. Two people looking for love in all the wrong places. But nothing could be more wrong than this. Meet Tim Walsh and Ingrid Weiss, two people in search of romance on a reality show they don't know is fake. Their entire world created by an army of writers, producers, and actors, recorded 24 hours a day, and put on national television. This is Joe Schmo 2. Okay, you heard what happens when we did a show back in 2019, late 2019, early 2020, about the Joe Schmo show. Basically, a group of actors coming together to entertain one Schmo. Well, everybody liked it. To the point where... Spike TV ordered a second season. The question became, though, how do you do the same joke twice? Yeah, that's the problem with Joe Millionaire when they had their second season. How do you do the same joke twice? Oh, by the way, guys, Joe Millionaire is on Tubi. Yay. Yay. You're talking about the original and not the re- yeah, uh, current the original. Remake? The original with Paul Hogan, the butler, yes. Yeah, the original with Paul Hogan, the butler. I thought you were going to be happy with this. I thought you were going to be happy you could watch Joe Millionaire streaming. I think I'm, you know what? I think I'm good with the one time things. Oh. Yeah. So we're never going to do a Joe Millionaire revisited, especially now that they've come up with like a like a reboot of it. Oh, we're totally going to do it. Oh, we're totally going to cover the reboot. Oh, totally. All right. That's but going on the list right now. All right. But Joe Schmo season two. Yeah. 
Well, Joe Schmo season two basically tried to, well, the first episode was just a bare bones reality show vote off contest. The second show decided to uh, put a little more love into the picture. Oh, yeah. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Nugenics or a king. That's Nugenics. <laughs> oh, now you're interested. <laughs> oh, Spike TV, now you're interested. Yeah. Okay, so they had to put a little bit of love into the picture. And one thing they did was not just one schmuck. They added another schmuck. So, double the schmoes, double the antics? Is that what they were going for? Yeah, I guess that's what they were going for. They were going for two schmoes. Two schmoes are better than one. Yep. And of course, when you have double the schmoes, you have to have the same number of actors. But let's talk about our first Joe Schmo, shall we? Because Matt Kennedy Gould was just this very, very uh, unique character. Really hard to duplicate. Yes. You're never going to capture the magic of Matt from the first series. No, you're not. But... We got close in a guy by the name of Tim Walsh. Who is basically just this guy, you know? I mean, there's nothing remarkable about him. Nothing memorable about him. He was, in every form and essence, Joe Schmo. Yes. I mean, if you were to put him in the crowd, you couldn't point him out. Sorry, it's true. But we needed a second Schmo. And this would be Jane Schmo. By the way, Tim Walsh is a bartender from Washington, D.C. All these Schmoes are from Washington, D.C. But we couldn't have a Joe Schmo, too, without a Jane Schmo. And Jane Schmo was Ingrid Weiss, also from Washington, D.C., and you have to give credit for Ingrid. You'll find out why in a second. But uh, suffice it to say, Ingrid is incredibly intelligent. Oh, yes. They think they've outsmarted her. But nope. Uh-uh. No. Turns out, congratulations. You played yourself. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, why are Tim Walsh and Ingrid Weiss together in this mansion? Well, because, well, yeah, because they're doing a Bachelor parody. Yeah, like everybody on television, they're looking for love in all the wrong places. And the show is called, the show within the show is called Last Chance for Love. Yeah, there is a reason why it is called Last Chance for Love. We'll get into that momentarily. 
But now we're going to talk about all the people who are in on the joke, hoping beyond hope that Tim and Ingrid never catch on to the truth. They are your Josh Mode 2 players. Starting with Austin the Bachelor, who's played by Tim Herzog, who is known primarily for uh, Days of Our Lives, Bold and the Beautiful, being a that pretty boy from that thing. But nowadays, he made a guest shot on Call Me Cat. Oh, Call Me Cat with the co-host of Jeopardy, Mayim Bialik, who, by the way, was at the Super Bowl last week as we are going. Oh, guys. I should have mentioned this at the first episode. This is the first taping we've recorded after Super Bowl 56. And guys, Harambe, his soul's never going to rest in peace. Oh, they'll rest in peace next year. Yeah, hopefully. hopefully the Not if the mighty, mighty Cleveland Browns have anything to say about it. Yeah, they'll rest in peace next year. Yeah, you keep thinking that, Mike. And now we also have Piper, the Bachelorette, played by Valerie Aslan, who has been, let's just say, she's been busier than her male counterpart. She was on Two and a Half Men, The Loop, One on One, Welcome to the Captain, How I Met Your Mother, a bit role in Tropic Thunder, another bit role in The Last Hurrah. She was in one episode of Hot in Cleveland. She was on Remember Sunday, which was a TV movie. She was on an episode of Ballers, an episode of Two Broke Girls, and nowadays she could be seen on Total Badass Wrestling as Candace Crusher. What? What? <laughs> what the hell is Total Badass? This has not popped up on my radar. What is that? What is this? <laughs> okay, Total Badass Wrestling. When a naive but charismatic young wrestler becomes an overnight viral sensation, a washed-up pro offers his mentorship and uses the hot new kid as his ticket back into the spotlight. Starring Matt Shively, Danny Trejo, Bianca Santos, Valerie Aslan, Chow Long, Bo Peoples, Monty Sop, David Gabori. Oh, hold on. Monty Sop, that's, I believe that's uh, Billy Gunn. Yep. Just admitted you want to sing the lyrics to the Billy Gunn Mr. Ass theme song right now. Yes, Billy Gunn's on this show. That's great. Don't forget she was in Sullivan, son. She was in two episodes of iCarly. Ooh, the reboot? No, the original one. With the, yeah, With the guy with the foot fetish executive producing. We don't talk about that guy. So you have Gerald, sorry, Gerald. The gotta be gay guy, played by Jonathan Torrens, who lately has been uh, one of the hosts of Wipeout Canada. Yeah, and also he's got a podcast with Jeremy Taggart, who is the lead singer of Our Lady Peace. And he was on four or five episodes of Letterkenny, playing Noah Dick. And he was on Trailer Park Boys, playing the character of J Rock and Guys. Because, of course, he's Canadian. He was on two episodes of Degrassi, The Next Generation. So basically, Jonathan Torrens, that Canadian guy from that Canadian thing. That's right. 
By the way, guys, you know who else was on Degrassi, the next generation? Yes, wheelchair Jimmy. Get it out of your system. Wheelchair Jimmy. Hey, 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 Greg. Hey, Greg. Did you know Degrassi made Drake's career? Yeah, it did. It did make Drake's career. I, I thought sitting courtside at Toronto Raptors games made Drake's career. Well, we all know that Amanda Bynes wants to have a certain body port murdered by him. I won't Next. say what it is, but... Oh, Jesus. Next! Please, for the love of God, next! I didn't say what it was, so... <laughs> I didn't want you to. Okay. Playing the role of Rita the Drunk is Natasha Legero. And if you don't know who Natasha Legero is, what podcast are you listening to? I mean... She's just this big freaking comedian. Oh yeah, she's that. Yeah, she's gone on to bigger and better things since. Oh, hold on. <laughs> she was. Hold on, <laughs> guys. On it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> in the episode, Charlie gets crippled. Oh no. <laughs> she was stripper number one. No, wait, wait, wait. Was this the episode that had? Tiffany, Tiffany Haddish? Yes! Stripper number three? Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> she was stripper number one, and Tiffany Haddish was stripper number three. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, you poor baby. What happened? Uh, my best friend ran me over with his car. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. Do you want a lap dance? Oh, I don't have any money. I could give you one for free. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Oh my god, you poor baby. What happened to you? His friend ran him over with a car. That is so sad. I know. Yeah. I was going to give him a free lap dance. She totally was. I'll join you. That is great. I know. Uh, do one of you girls want to hook my boy up over here, though? He's really down in the dumps. Okay. No, 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 I don't. Oh, come on. I don't This is going to cheer you up. Well, maybe just one. Yeah! I feel so bad for stripper number two. The one stripper who didn't go on to fame from that show. Sorry! (laughs) Next, we have Bryce the Stalker, played by Kevin Kirkpatrick. Who is Kevin Kirkpatrick? He's a nobody. No, No, seriously. But he's an absolutely insane character. He's, like, obsessed with Piper. Yeah, he's a nobody. No, seriously. Kevin Kirkpatrick was in Nobodies. Wait, he was actually in a show called Nobodies. He was was actually in a show called Nobodies. Wow. I'm not mistaken. It was on Comedy Central or something like that. Yeah, he was... On with uh, Hugh Davidson, Larry Dorp, and Rachel Ramos. Okay. Uh, three really big comedic minds there. But next we have uh, Eleanor the Weeper. Yes. Played, played by uh, Greg's new girlfriend. No, played by Jessica Makinson. Yes. And she's done many roles on various Comedy Central shows, but most notably, 
She's the voice of Heidi on South Park. And also, hey, guys, she also did the voice of Lexus in the Raisins episode of South Park. You remember the Raisins episode of South Park? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. No. Yes, I remember it. No, I don't want to remember it. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, sweetie, are you leaving? Well, I don't want to, Lexus, but my stupid friends want to go. Aw, well, when am I going to get to see you again? When do you want to see me? As soon as possible. Oh, my God. Here, we left you a tip already, but here's another $5. Oh, you are such a sweetie. Come here, you. (laughs) Basically, take fourth graders and put them in Hooters. That's essentially what it was. It was. And Butters got his heart broken by Lexus. Yes, he did. Oh, poor Butters. Okay, well, you know, Lexus was playing Butters for his money. Yeah, she was. Uh, but hold on. This is not the first time we've talked about her on the podcast, Chico, because she was in the improv comedy group in that episode of That's My Bush. Yep. Yes. And we've of course, about this before. Yes. And of course, Kurt Fuller did that epic promo about why he hates improv comedy, which was the best thing Kurt Fuller had done since the jockass seat in No Holds Board. Are you trying to tell me my money's not good enough for you? I find that a little hard to swallow, you jockass! Guys, what's a jockass? Whammy, are you here? Don't drag me into this stuff! (laughs) What do you think a jockass is? Oh, boy. Okay. Do you really believe this shit's going on, Mike? Oh, boy. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay. Anyway, moving on, shall we? What we got next? Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, next, we have Ernie the Heir, played by Steve Mallory, who is known for uh, Thunder Force, The Boss, and The Happy Time Murders. Okay, the happy time murders. Okay. But I love <laughs> one of the things he does because his character is the heir. In one of the episodes, he buys adopted orphans for everybody in the cast. And last but not least, Eddie. Hello. I, th- I thought about this a lot, actually. And uh, there are people out there less fortunate. Mm-hmm. So through a foundation that my family has, I adopted you and actually everyone in this group an orphan child. Through a missionary that we support, everyone for a year will have a kid from Turkey and Brazil and oh my God. some of them. So well this, done, you can take your pick and everyone else will hand them out as we go. There you go. Wow. This is uh, this is my kid. This is my boy Milos. He's twelve years old. He's from Turkey. His birthday is June fifth. He literally bought everybody orphans. <laughs> like what? Yep. What? Huh? Huh? Okay. Next we have Ambrosia the bitch. The. B- that is her character. Hold on, Am- Chico. I'm sorry. I'm going to steal your line, okay? Uh-huh. Does this look like anything? Yep. Uh, she's played by Gretchen Palmer, who has been in... Holy cow, she's been in a lot of things. 
She was in NCIS Los Angeles, The Young and the Restless, Getting Personal, Walker, Texas Ranger, Robin's Hoods. I believe that's a future entry. What the hell is Robin's Hoods? I have no idea. It was syndicated. It was in the mid-90s. It could be anything. Wait, wait, wait. Time what? out. She was an aha girl in Rookie of the Year. A what? In what? She was one of the Pepsi aha girls in Rookie of the Year. You remember in Rookie of the Year the scene where Henry Rowan Gardner is doing his the the uh, Pepsi aha uh-huh. commercial where he's basically Ray Charles. Yeah, she was one of the aha girls. Oh, okay. I, I got it. I know. I know. Yeah. Those were big in 1993, the Ray Charles Pepsi uh-uh commercial. You got the right one, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then we have, as TJ, the player, not the player, the, the player. player. Yes. John Huertas. And, of course, you can see him right now on NBC on This Is Us. Mm-hmm. Where he plays the, um, I'm guessing Mandy Moore's character's second husband after Jack died. Miguel Rivas. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? I'm gonna do my impression of Henry from Punky Brewster oh, telling no. Punky about <laughs> okay. that one scene in This Is Us. Punky. Please tell Jack to not go into that burning building to rescue the dog. Punky, tell Jack, don't go into that burning building to rescue the dog. Punky. I just want to see Mike's reaction right now. That's what I thought. <laughs> Lay me thumbs down, guy. Yeah. Uh, before this, he was in Sabrina the Teenage Witch for a few episodes. He was on Time of Your Life, the short-lived Party of Five spinoff. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. That's a future entry. Mm. He was on Moesha. He was on a season of Undressed. Oh, yeah, Undressed. The real world, if it were porn. Yes, and Christina Hendricks was on that. Yes, Christina Hendricks was on Undressed. And it makes a lot of sense. Boring. <laughs> and the last member of the cast was Cammy the Moron. Yes. Played by Janice Speaker. Who it's not done much. So nope, this was her one and only career highlight. Was this? Well, aside from this, oh, the September-October 2006 model for the famous 2005-2006 Rigid Tool calendar. Go ahead, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! You can't make this stuff up. Rigid Tool. Well, it makes sense because she does a lot of very suggestive things, including there's this one part Okay, should I just say it now? Just say it now. Okay. I will tell you right now, you're probably just going to end up 
talking about the first episode because that's the only episode she's in because she's the first one eliminated. No, she's, she's not. One- no, the drunk girl is the first eliminated. No, actually, there are like there are a bunch of extras there, and they're all. And the joke is they're all minorities. Yeah, that's the joke. Oh, they're all minorities, but she's not one of the ones who's eliminated. Okay, but they're all eliminated. Yeah, all the minorities are eliminated. That's the joke. That's the joke. Hey guys, when's the sharing? Oh, February. Oh, Black History Month. Let's get rid of all the minorities. Good job. Good job. Impeccable Good. timing. But Ambrosia stayed, so that I guess that's one. Yeah, that's uh one. But okay, for Cammy's character, okay, here's what I'm gonna say. There's this running thing during the course of the series that she was in a food fetish video. And the food fetish video is called. (laughs) And I'm not making this up. Porked and beans. I remember this. One person returning from season one with a fresh dye job and fake facial hair, and that is Derek Newcastle, who is actually, in reality, Ralph Garman. Yeah. From season one. Yes. And he's got a ridiculous dye job on his hair, and he's got a fake teeth. It's so ridiculous. But the best part is he's got a falcon that swoops in because at certain points of the game there's what's called a falcon twist. Which is basically like a monkey wrench into the game. And so whenever there's a falcon twist there's a falcon that comes flying in and lands on Derek's arm and it delivers him a note that says what the falcon twist is and do you want to say Chica what the name of the falcon is the name of the falcon is Montecore and there's a reason why he's called that that's the tiger that mauled Siegfried from Siegfried and Roy suffice it to say yeah, And also, it should be noted that one of the storylines in this show is that Derek does not get along with Montecor the Falcon. Yeah, in fact, uh, Ralph actually talks about dealing with Montecor the Falcon, uh, I, I want to say right before the very first. In the second episode, it does. Okay. So here we go. I got the clip ready. Here we go. Is that this bird is insane. There's a perch. That he's certifiably nuts and apparently suicidally depressed because during rehearsals, he would come soaring down from the top of this mountain and just bam, with the thud that you thought the thing had to have broken its neck. It was like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Slid down the window, hit the ground, flapped around, apparently knocked senseless. I'm thinking the bird's trying to kill itself or it's so f***ing stupid that it doesn't know I've got a big piece of beef in my hand and it's supposed to land on my hand. 
So these windows are actually doors, glass doors. We're going to open them up, and we're going to put Derek in the center of the doorway, and that will solve all the problems. This time it flies just past me. Now it's in the house. Now it's flying around in the house. You can't get it. <laughs> Funny thing is, in the storyline, Derek and Montecor, the falcon, aren't supposed to be getting along also all that well. Derek's not too keen on this bird, and that has been very easy to play because this thing's been nothing but a pain in the ass ever since we started working with it. To paraphrase Dave Meltzer, the Falcon went into business for himself. <laughs> he was like the eagle of this show. If you've seen the final episode of Peacemaker, it makes a lot of sense as to why he would go hit his head into the glass door and just go into the house. Yeah, suffice it to say... Uh... I don't actually know whether art imitated life or life imitated art, but there you go. Oh, but something sad happens to Montecore the Falcon, which we'll talk about later on in this show. Yeah, but uh, we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, let's go over the uh, episodes. There are nine episodes in all. A couple of them were actually uh, two-hour specials, but here we go. Episode one, On With the Schmo. Joe and Jade arrive at the mansion, and mayhem begins. So you basically have all of the characters in place, and the last ones to arrive are Joe and Jane Schmo, a.k.a. Tim and Ingrid. Pretty cool stuff. And it pretty much, you know, sets up the premise. It also sets up the uh, idea that there might be a bit of a hitch in their giddy up because the last line in the first episode, Ingrid was looking around and just saying, I thought I was on, like, the Truman Show. Uh-oh! Uh-oh. And Rhett Reese, by the way, uh, we also have uh, producer appearances with uh, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, who you would probably know best as the writer-producers of the two Deadpool films. And Rhett Reese is in control, and he's like, pull him. Can we pull Tim out of there? Because, again, what's yeah. the point of this show? Yeah, to make sure they don't know. So what happens when one of the Schmoes all of a sudden was like, this seems kind of strange. It seems like I was kind of like on the Truman Show or something. You know what we call that trope? Genre savvy. Luckily, they sort of put out that little fire. And we move on to episode two. Oh, should I know one running joke about this show in this yes, season? Yes, please. Yes, please. Every episode, whenever they go to commercial break, Ralph always teases. And then the most shocking eviction yet. It doesn't matter what episode it is. Every episode has the most shocking eviction yet. It's like the hilarity ensues of this show. The most shocking eviction yet. Oh, God. Okay, we're getting... We're, we're literally getting 
right into the sort of crazy town of the show where we go right into episode two. A bottle of red, a bottle of white. Price hypnotizes Tim and the cast goes on a group winery date. <laughs> and yeah, this would be the Bryce episode where we oh, establish yeah. that, that Bryce, he's nuts. Bryce is nuts. Yeah. He's trying to hypnotize Piper, trying to make her love him. And no, no, he's crazy. No. Oh, did we mention that he has a pet frog, Bryce? Uh, no. Why don't you talk about the pet frog? Because that actually plays into this episode, if I'm not mistaken. So Bryce's pet frog is Everett, and he's like upset. I mean, he carries this frog around with him everywhere he goes. I mean, we'll get to a big plot point with Everett the frog later on the show, but it's it's like in like episode five or six or whatever. But yeah, it's just. It just adds to how nuts he is that he has this frog and he carries it around. Yep. Well, um, this is definitely something very close to my heart. This is my pet frog. Bryce. Little psycho on the frog thing. I can't take your pet. Well, I, I could help you take care of him. She's like, no, I really don't. He's like, take it. I, I think he wants to be with you. But what he said when he gave it to her was so poetic and so sweet. This uh, represents the prince that can be found by kissing a frog. Here he is. The frog was probably like, I'm going to say seven inches, eight inches probably. Probably weighed maybe a pound, two pounds. I mean, the thing was it looked vicious. He eats mice. <laughs> Uh, do you have mice with me? Yes. <laughs> I do. A frog that eats mice. Um, I, don't, I mean, I've watched National Geographic. I've seen them, you know, eat uh, tadpoles or, you know, fireflies, something like that. But to actually eat a mouse, that's a serious frog. I will take very good care of him. <laughs> Another thing that's nuts, and uh, Greg, I don't know if you found it yet, but... Cammy, aside from being a moron, is apparently a food fetishist. Yeah, because in episode two, now this isn't revealed until episode five, so the video's not played yet, but yeah, she tells Ingrid about the food fetish video, but there's a problem. A problem? She tries to tell Ingrid the story, but the tape stops in the middle of the story, so she waits until a new tape is back in the camera to continue telling the story, and this makes Ingrid suspicious, like, hmm, mm. this is, huh, that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Again, and the fact of it is that she was already kind of suspicious in the beginning because, well, she's seen the Truman Show. Yeah. She knows. Well, she has an idea of what... Well, actually, no, because I don't think... She, she suspects something's weird, but she doesn't know the full extent to how weird this is. Not really, no. No. Aside from all of that, 
We also have, uh, remember that scene from Lucy with uh, everybody crushing uh, grapes with their feet? Oh, yes. Yes, I do remember that scene. Okay, so Chico, you talked about grapes. I talked about grapes. Fun a whole day. Stop. What the hell was that? That's a future entry, the grape stomping lady. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we learn a lot about the characters. Like, Ernie is very fat, and Piper's kind of turned off by that. Oh, yes, because in episode two, like, there's, like, this competition, right? And, uh-huh. like, Ernie takes off his shirt, and, and you see the look on Piper's face. And it's like, oh, Ugh. 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 <laughs> And, uh, Tim is with Piper, but Piper switches partners with Bryce, and Bryce gets very, 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 very creepy. Yes, because he's nuts. That's the joke. And this is where we get our first sort of elimination in Piper's first pearl necklace ceremony and uh yeah it just seems to go on forever doesn't it yeah and i'll tell you right now montecore does not help no he does not the best part is whenever they do the pearl necklace ceremonies there's always like these quick dramatic cuts like Dramatic cut here, dramatic cut here. And then they keep repeating the dramatic cuts. And then they cut to Montecore the Falcon going, ah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But the first person eliminated is... Ernie the Air. Yeah, on the male side, yes. Yes. Damn it, they picked out the fat guy. He gave him all those orphans. Why? And his wick is cold, and so is his place in Piper's heart. Oh, and now you have to go down the last chance for love trail of tears. <laughs> the last chance for love trail of tears. Oh, my God. Episode three, The Crisis. The cast tries to stay one step ahead of Ingrid and Tim and Piper share a romantic evening. So here we have sort of a dual crisis because Piper is not a real character. And yet Piper is starting to develop some sort of real empathy toward Tim. Right? Yes. So that creates a dilemma. Yeah, it creates a bit of a moral dilemma. Like, how long is Valerie Aslan supposed to be playing up this character? And also, you don't want to hurt him, like, emotionally. Of course not. Because, look at Tim. Does he look like he deserves it? No! Hell no! No! But then you have... The game is called 
taste my treats. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Oh no. The man is holding a sack. <laughs> the women are holding boxes. The women are holding boxes. Good the night, men are holding sacks. That's the show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Don't even ask me for my comments on this. Hell no. <laughs> I didn't ask, Whammy. Okay, you're basically asked to pick up a recipe and display your culinary skills. Oh, yes, they have to make an item. All right, so the best part is, okay, when Eleanor makes... Like her food item for Austin, and he's eating out from the box. I can't oh, believe no. I'm eating. Is there a different way to phrase it than that? Yeah. Oh, oh, we're, that's we're what. That's what they. That's what they described on the show. Okay, don't blame me. That's what they described on the show. Okay. I can't believe I'm eating out of her box. <laughs> when Austin is eating out of Eleanor's box, he's like. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, by the way, we didn't talk about the other crisis. What's the we other talked crisis? about that crisis, but we didn't talk about the other crisis. If you look at the bottom third. Oh, okay. Around, uh, all through the episode. Oh, for Ingrid. The bottom third. For Ingrid, right? For Ingrid, yes. Oh, yeah. It it's... starts off as. Bing real thinks it's all real thinks like a quarter like three quarters of it is real thinks it's half like of it is real and then it ends with we're screwed, we're screwed. <laughs> it's like thinks it's all real thinks some of it is real thinks and then, less and less of it is real and then, then all of a sudden we're screwed we're screwed. So, thinks less than half of it is real? <laughs> thinks very little of it is real? And now the producers are in full-on panic mode. Like, how are we going to figure this out? How are we going to get ourselves out of this jam? Yep. And meanwhile, we're still doing the actual thing here. And it's now Austin's turn to eliminate somebody at the Pearl Necklace Ceremony. At the Pearl Necklace Ceremony. Okay, but so he eliminates Ambrosia, and but Ambrosia gives this dramatic speech where everyone is like very rehearsed and stuff. So it's like, okay, she's figured the whole thing out. We might as well come clean to her. Because, okay, remember, the men were not invited to the Pearl Necklace ceremony. Because this was planned. Yes. Because they didn't want Tim to know. They didn't want him to know. So, uh, Ingrid is in the back of the line thinking, oh, God, what the hell is up now? And uh, Eleanor's weeping again. And Ingrid's laughing her butt off. Like, Like, what? on earth is going on here yeah eleanor what the hell you're weeping that's what you do all the time and the conclusion of the pearl necklace ceremony plays out 
in episode four. Guess who's coming to dinner? It sure as hell ain't Sydney Poitier. No. Okay. Sorry. So let's reveal the cliffhanger, shall we? Yes. Uh, Pearl necklace ceremony. We are down to two people, Ambrosia and Ingrid. Austin gives Ingrid a pearl necklace. Good luck to you. And Ambrosia's out. Omarosa. She just gets a, a, a crown. Do you have any potting gifts? Uh, excuse me. Take a listen. You guys, this, this is a bunch of shit. You know, this whole show is a joke. Ambrosia, I'm sorry, but how could you say something like that? This has been a remarkable journey. A blackball eviction ceremony where the evicted contestants were cast just the day before by Hollywood agents. <laughs> and what of Ernie's uncanny ability to guess exactly how many needy orphans needed to be adopted for everyone in this house. Rita and Cammy and, and your well-rehearsed speeches at the very first pearl necklace eviction ceremony. By the way, excellent work, ladies. <laughs> and Austin's chiseled countenance. How can a man this good-looking not be an actor? <laughs> and of course, it's Cammy. <laughs> Cammy. Enough said. And lastly, my obviously dyed hair, <laughs> my artificially colored sparkling blue eyes, these devilishly uncomfortable false teeth. Thank God those aren't real. <laughs> and my over-the-top British accent. Ingrid, you've been living in a house full of actors. I'm so glad I'm not crazy. <laughs> hired to take you on the wildest of rides. <laughs> Everything that you've experienced so far has been written and performed by a talented team of professionals desperately trying to stay one step ahead of you. From the moment you arrived at this house, we've been trying to pull the wool over your eyes. And there you were at every turn, asking all the right questions. In essence, you've been an impossible person to fool. And because you've been making our lives so very difficult, we'd like to make you an intriguing offer. First, you should know that you're not the only real person playing this game. Okay. There is another real person living in this house with you who, unlike you, has no idea what's going on. It's none other than Tim. I assumed. I hope. Tim hasn't nearly ended his crazy story. As far as the end of your story goes, you have a choice to make. You can go home right now, or I can give you this script. It describes all the characterizations of everyone you've met in the house so far. This script also includes an additional new character, you. Tomorrow morning, we want you to join our cast and help us tell our story. And if you can make it, all the way through to the end, without blowing it, will give you $100,000. Ingrid, I have one final question for you. 
Ingrid, will you accept this script? Coming up on oh. Ingrid, Cut it. will you accept this script? I'll do it. Yay! Yay! Okay, so now the question is, Chico, we have... A schmoe turned actress now. We have a schmoe turned actress. But now we no longer have a Jane schmoe. Except we do. What? Yeah, we have a backup schmoe. There are these things on reality television called alternates. In case something happens to the main, they have an alternate on standby. Enter Amanda Naughton, who is the new Jane Schmo. And she's basically set up to do everything that Ingrid was supposed to do, but found out about. Yes. In fact, Ingrid tells Amanda the Cammy Porked and Beans story. Uh-huh. And, and she, like, completely believes the whole story. Like, what? Yeah. And if you look at her lower third, it says... Amanda, thank God she thinks it's all real. <laughs> but okay, they play a game <laughs> that is quote unquote inspired by the um the UK version of Last Chance. The original Chance. UK version of Last Chance for Love, yes. And do you know what it's called? Bangers Banger- and Mash. <laughs> Bangers and Mash. Do you want to describe this for Mike? You're looking for bangers <laughs> in a bin of mashed potatoes. <laughs> and an Ingrid is in the bin. <laughs> so we're basically looking for a bunch of sausages. Oh, God. You're looking for some sausages in a bin full of potatoes. With Ingrid inside. I get that. I, I, I'm done. I'm done. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 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 And yeah. It goes from there. <laughs> yeah. It all goes from there. And of course, Ingrid is getting to know Amanda. And Amanda is getting to know Ingrid. And now it all leads up to. Uh, I believe we have some visitors in the house. If I'm not. Oh mistaken. yeah, that yeah, because they have two actors playing Austin's parents, and then they have the same two actors then play Piper's parents. Yeah, and the thing of it is, one person is always this strict, no nonsense person, and the other one's a little more loose, a, a little, little party. Yeah, partier. Yeah, and whoever is whatever's character basically depends on whose parents they're playing. It leads into, A, TJ playing Playa to both Amanda and Gerald. 
and B, Piper's latest candle ceremony. And that leads to our next eliminated player, her eliminated player. And that would be Bryce. Yeah. He does not take this well at all. Yeah. Nope. He does not take this at all well. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just... Yikes. Yikes. There is a cameo, though, in episode four, before we move on to episode five. Matt Kennedy Gould actually appears in the extended cut of episode four as a pizza delivery driver. I believe it's not on the DVD, though. I believe it was, like, something Spike TV only aired once. They aired a longer version of this episode, if I recall correctly. Actually, it is on the DVD. Oh, it is on the DVD. They did at least extend it. Okay, that's good. Okay. I thought it wasn't, but I guess it is. Okay. Greg here in post. It's actually been a long time since I've watched my Joe Schmo 2 DVD, so it's possible that it may not be the extended cut on the DVD, but who knows? One of us is wrong. But yeah, he plays a pizza delivery guy. Episode 5. Oh, Greg, you were waiting for this one. Yes. Porked and beans. Yes. Okay. Bryce sends a message, and Austin's parents arrive and make life uncomfortable for Amanda. If you remember, the last episode, we had Piper's parents. Now we have Austin's parents. And Austin's parents are the same actors who played Piper's parents, but uh, genre flipped. Yes. But character flipped. Yeah, the character flipped. Because the dad was the hard ass. And the mom was the partier. Now the mom's the hard ass and the dad's the partier. Yeah. Okay. So I I guess we're going to have to... Is there anything else before I can reveal Porked and Beans to you guys? Mm, no, we're pretty much here for Porked and Beans. Okay. Greg. All right. Are you ready, Mike? I don't know. No. But okay, go for it. All right, here we go. That ends dinner. And with that being said, I put it to the Newton Rices. You may have noticed, perhaps, some odd behavior being exhibited by Austin's lady suitors. Allow me to explain. I did. You sure you don't want a shot? You want a shot? Cammy. <laughs> Allow me to explain. Each of the ladies had a task put to them that they needed to complete before the end of dinner. If they failed to complete that task, a secret about them would be revealed. The only one who didn't complete her task was Cammy. And so it appears as if I have to now reveal her secret. Now I'm sure by now you all know what a sweet and lovely girl Cammy is. But perhaps there's something you don't know. While most sexually evolved young women stock up on condoms, Amanda's like Cammy apparently stocks up on condiments if you would feast your eyes on the telly what seems to be the problem it's turned on but i'm not getting any not getting any i see i think i have the solution (laughs) 
And the thing about this is, Amanda thinks it's all real and she's comforting Tammy. <laughs> because this is not obviously a work. <laughs> I know this is a little too you, high production, <laughs> even for a fetish film. Yeah, that's this a little was... too high production, don't you think? This must be the most expensive fetish video of all time, which means it probably had a budget of a hundred dollars. Uh, I want beans all of a sudden. Oh God. Um, let's uh go into the pearl necklace ceremony, shall we? Yeah, let's go. What happens at the Pearl? Oh, by the way, there's still a frog in the tank for some reason. Oh, yeah, they they kept Bryce's frog. They kept Bryce's frog, and now he's basically part of the scene. He's part of the cast now, the frog. And since we didn't realize in the taping, and as you probably heard in the clip earlier when Bryce gives the frog to Piper, that Everett the Frog was Bryce's gift to Piper at the start of the series. That will come into play soon. I know we're promising you the frog here, but... Oh, hold on a second. There's a twist, okay, in Uh this episode, okay. So, Ingrid, like, they make a plot line around Ingrid that her grandfather died. Oh, yeah. Because she gets evicted in the pearl necklace ceremony. And Austin reveals that the reason why is he was going to make a charitable donation in her grandfather's name. And he, quote unquote, called the house. And it was her grandfather. Oh, boy. But but Amanda reveals, no, no, no. It wasn't. It was her maternal grandfather that died, not her paternal grandfather. And they're like. Oh. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So, in the next episode, they use it as a technicality. Okay. Ingrid's back. Ingrid's back, but that means somebody had to leave? No, no, no one left. Nobody left. Okay. Let's go on to said episode, shall we? Episode six. Requiem. For a frog. Yes. The contestants exercise with the pupper-sized thigh and bun blaster. That is the name they gave it. And Bryce sends a spooky message. Oh, yeah, he's still sending plain messages. Yeah, that's not a thing that ever happens. No, it's not. This is the saddest moment of this series. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. What's up? Um, Everett the Frog, we found him dead. The cage was kind of turned over and we think the falcon, he's in the same place as the falcon and there was like scratches and stuff on him and I just wanted to let you guys know that. Cammy, baby, you okay? I think we should all say something about Everett. I think I'd like to speak on his behalf. Okay. Um, oh, it's so sad. <laughs> he loved you. Oh, it's, it's, no. Hey, guys, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a frog. 
I think in honor of Cammie's decision to mourn the loss of Everett, we should um, respect her wishes to treat it seriously. How about a 10 second moment of silence, okay? <laughs> and then they, they, they play this clip of Everett the Frog just lying there being a frog. And then they put this and then they put this uh card up, Everett, two thousand one to two thousand four. He lived for three years, Everett the Three of the best years of his life. What can we say? Oh, I know. Moment of silence. Moment going. Next! At this point, it's like, this show has gone completely... No, this show hasn't even begun to go completely off the rails. But it's getting there. Before Austin can give one of his pearl necklaces out, Eleanor is called to actually get a pearl necklace. Oh, yes! Yes, she delivers an epic promo on Austin, telling him oh, yeah, to remember. Remember, she spent six episodes being this whitey little beta. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, oh, she gives this epic. This is the reason you suck. Speech. Oh yeah, she delivers an epic promo on Austin, telling him to shove. The necklace up his ass. So Cammie, Ingrid, and Amanda still in the game. Still in the game, but they still go about the necklace ceremony. They still go about it. Even though there's already technically one person out. It's like, well, we gotta do the necklace ceremony. You gotta do it. That's why we're here. (laughs) Episode 7. Cruiser, a previously evicted cast member returns, and a blow-up rocks the set. Oh, yes. So who's the previously evicted cast member? Bryce comes back. Of course he does. Yeah, Bryce comes back. (laughs) Because Piper feels, quote-unquote, sorry for him. But it's like, okay, yeah, in real life, if someone writes, like, two plain messages, like, or three, like, no, don't do that. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, does he know about his frog? Oh, we'll find out about that soon. Don't worry. Now, the reason why Bryce is back is because of Ingrid, actually. Yeah. Because the whole grandfather thing, basically, again, you know, fair is fair. Oh, yeah, we got to put one cast member back into the game, too. Uh Uh-huh. And Piper wanted Bryce back. Why? Who the hell knows? Yeah, because she probably felt, quote-unquote, sorry for him because he wrote all those plane messages. And now we have a poetry slam. Oh. So they all, like, give their poetry messages. It's like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And so the best is Bryce is delivering his poem 
It's basically uh, him reenacting uh, Stanley Kowalski's part in um in Streetcar. Oh, yeah, so this is what he gives to Piper. <laughs> he literally screams. Yeah. It gets weird. It gets weird. Because, again, we're watching more pork and beans on set. Oh, yeah, they're watching pork and beans again. And I'm thinking to myself, nobody has a problem with this? Nope, apparently nobody does. I mean, even Derek is watching it at this point. Well, whatever Derek does with his own time is his business. And meanwhile, uh, everybody's going on dates with Austin and Piper. And they're going to be strictly monitored. And by strictly monitored, I mean there's going to be closed-circuit television cameras and uh, earpieces. <laughs> but I love what Derek said. For once, the voices in your head will be real. <laughs> so let's go into the pearl necklace ceremony. Oh, yeah, because... Okay, here's the twist in the pearl necklace ceremony. There's a falcon twist in the pearl necklace ceremony. There's a falcon twist in the pearl necklace ceremony. Okay, so... It's gonna be... (laughs) Austin is going to take part in the candle ceremony. But instead, Mm -hmm. it's gonna be Austin doing a pearl necklace ceremony for the guys. (laughs) Eliminating one of the contestants. And you know who Austin eliminates? Do you want to guess, Chico? Gerald, the gotta be gay guy. Nope. What? No. He eliminates Tim. Ooh. Yeah. But you see, you think Tim, oh my God, wait, they eliminated the schmo, but no, there's a reason why in the next episode. Okay, we're going to find out a shocking secret, okay? Episode 8. TJ needs TP. (laughs) Everyone is put on the chain gang, and TJ has an accident. Yes, an accident. Everyone's sort of sweating and getting a a workout, and uh, (laughs) TJ is saying that he doesn't feel well. I gotta go to the bathroom. I don't know. I gotta go to the bathroom. Now you can't wait. TJ was stricken down, the character, not the actor, let the record state, with a horrible case of diarrhea. Oh, God. Come on, TJ. All I want to do is dance. Literally, thank God that he was on the end. Like, I mean, you're, thank God. I feel like I gotta go. Oh man! But Piper, who you know, this is this is just a gorgeous girl that you don't even want to think about taking a crap, you know. But he had to do it. He had massive diarrhea, (laughs) and then it just started stinking. Oh man! (laughs) It was horrible. Literally, I gagged. But okay, here's the shocking secret. Okay, Bryce finds out that his frog is dead. And he finds out that the frog 
was in the same room as the Falcon. So he suspects that possibly the Falcon killed the frog. Okay, you're not going to believe this, okay? They find out that, okay, this is the big thing. This is how Tim comes back. They find out. Oh, this is this is even more sad, guys. That oh, no. Montecore the Falcon has been murdered. Just when you think it couldn't get any crazier, they turn up the crazy dial. He got murdered, and they suspect that it was Bryce who murdered the Falcon. And when they reveal Montecore the Falcon's dead, he's like, good. Because that's a totally normal reaction. Oh, totally. So they take Bryce out of the game and bring Tim back. And everybody is genuinely happy to see him. And they're also acting like they're happy to see him. Oh, wait. And there's another banner. My Irish eyes are still smiling. Uh, P-dubs. Yeah, that was was before Tim came back. Yeah. Okay, so let's go to the uh, elimination ceremony. We're going into the elimination ceremony. This is the candle ceremony, and it's a candle ceremony, and it looks like... Oh, uh, Gerald gets eliminated. Which is uh, really, really bad Yeah, for but, a while. Yeah, I oh. know, but it's very know. sad. But you know what? Piper says to Gerald that there must be somebody out there for you. And the best part is... They cut, and there's this romantic music, and it cuts to Gerald's face, and then it cuts to Austin's face, implying that, oh, yeah, he's the guy, the gay guy. Uh There's someone for Uh him, and it's not. Uh Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But we're not done yet. Oh, there's a twist. There's another Falcon twist. It turns out that... They're not only competing against each other, the contestants on this show, but they're competing against Austin and Piper because, as Derek points out, Austin and Piper used to be, are you sitting down, guys? Yeah. They used to be a couple. And now they have to make a choice. Do they want to start anew? with one of the contestants or do they want to get back together for another shot? The Falcon twist has spoken. Perhaps the most shocking Falcon twist ever. Yes, but the best part is, so now that the Falcon is dead, whenever they do the Falcon twist, now they have to pretend that the Falcon is there so they're going to edit it around. They say, oh, we're going to edit it around. We're just going to use, like, CGI and, like, stock footage to, like, make it seem that the this Falcon... was This was 25 years before Eagly, by the way. Yeah, this was, like, yeah. A good 18 years before Eagly on Peacemaker. Yeah. They didn't have the technology that Warner Brothers has now, where they can make an eagle that stands next to an invisible man. But yeah, they basically have to do a whole whole lot of workarounds. Whole yeah, lot of and, workarounds. And then everyone has to pretend that the Falcon is there and they're like, all right, let's do a countdown. Five, four, three, two. Oh Yeah. 
So all that happens. Except for the final Falcon twist, where it's just tied to the uh, thing. Yeah. The thing. On the perch. The thing on the perch. Okay. So, we go into the last episode of the season finale. Finale. The schmoes go in on a limo ride, and their real families arrive at the mansion for a night of fun. But, that's not all. What's not all? At the end of the episode, Austin Newton Rice and Piper Davidson decide that they do not want any of the contestants, and they want not only to get back together, okay, but to renew their commitment to each other in a wedding. Right then, right there, in a wedding, to be performed by Derek Newcastle. What?! You heard me. I didn't stutter for once. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the first sort of episode, the first half of the episode was basically uh, rehashing all of the events of the last eight before we get into the final wedding where we have the reunion of everybody who's been eliminated as best man and uh, and uh, maids. Best maids? Best man? Best maids? Whatever. And then Amanda says something. Oh, yeah. Like, with Ambrosia's there. And, because remember, she was not there when Ambrosia was on the thing. Yeah. Because she was eliminated when they revealed the Ingrid, right? Right. So, she's like, oh, yeah, she looks familiar. And it's like, uh oh. Uh oh. I know her, like, outside of the show. She's a comedian. In L.A. And all of a sudden, Piper, who's like right next to her, is right like, next to Amanda, is like, Oh, crap. No! But we're not done with the crazy just oh, yet. Oh, yeah, right when they're about to get married. We're not done yet. Because right before they do the whole speak now or forever hold your peace bit, here comes Bryce! Oh, no. And Bryce is equipped with his very own this is the reason you suck speech. And you know what? Just play it. There's any reason why this holy union should not take place. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Wait! Holy shit. Oh, Jesus. I, I, can I, can I no, please punch him? No, 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 don't. You're marrying Austin? Oh, my God. You can't do that. You guys don't even love each other. Oh, Jesus. You can't love Austin. You, you guys, your love isn't real. He's not real. He, Austin is fake. He is an actor pretending to be in love with you. Just like you're an actor pretending to be in love with him. Just like I'm an actor pretending to be in love with you. We're, we're all actors. Uh, Bryce, wait a minute. If there are any actors here, you can raise your hands now. Bryce raises his hand. Hell of a job, pal. The ladies raise their hands. 
which was which basically Tim is all of a sudden like, huh? What? <laughs> now the men raise their hands. Then Austin raises his hands. Piper raises her hand. And you. Jackpot. <laughs> there you go. That's the money shot. That's the money shot. There you go. All of a sudden, there's the reveal. Tim is finally in on the joke. And so is Amanda. And Ingrid admits that, yeah, she figured it out early. And they made her the same deal that eventually they'll make to Tim and Amanda. And that is, hey, here's $100,000 for your time. Yay. And of course, everybody comes together in the living room for sort of a whole final laying out of all of the cards on the table. Okay, this is what happened. This is how we did it. And the thing of it is, this was not to make fun of you. This was to celebrate you. Yeah. This was a celebration. And we have nothing but love and respect for you and love and respect for what you did. And frankly, we also have nothing but love and respect for Ingrid for A, seeing through the whole damn thing. And B, and B wanting B. to participate in it. So, I mean, yeah, so the second season, insane. Yeah. But you know what? It gave us in the summer of 2004 on Spike TV a thing on TV. Yeah. And unfortunately, it was not really a critical darling as season one was or a uh, ratings darling as season one was. And this was basically. At least at the time, they thought this was basically as far as we could get with the Joe Schmo show. Well, yeah. It was like, okay, this is as good as we're ever going to get. It's like, we can't really fool people anymore. But could they? Could they indeed? I think the big problem is they did it too soon. It was still fresh in people's minds. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, perhaps. Well, I mean, if it was something that they did, let's say, every three or five years, maybe they could get away with it a little bit better. But you got to remember the first season, A, heavily promoted, B, very popular, and C, Matt Kennedy Gould was the perfect, perfect person to play Joe Schmo. He was the perfect mark. You couldn't, you cannot. Get that magic. You can't get the stars to align properly like that again. No. And they, I mean, they did try it again. Wink, wink, wink. But I, I think just waiting a year later, because, you know, th- this uh, second season was like what? Summer of 04. Nine months. At, it was like nine months after the first season. Yeah. Yep. Too soon. Too soon, too, too fresh in people's minds. Would, would if they decided to put it in 05, would that have made a difference? 
Well, like I said, I think if it was held off until, say, 07, maybe. But again, that was, like I said, in 03, that was, I would say, Spike's biggest original program, maybe with the exception of MXC. Yes. Uh huh. Or at the very least, it was Spike's best homegrown original program, not just a redubbing and a comedic take of Takeshi's Castle. Yeah, and also remember that they still had WWE Monday Night Raw at the time on Spike TV. But yeah, Joe Schmo Show, by the way, available on DVD, and also available on this internet. This yes. internet right here. And the best part is the DVD is from Mill Creek Entertainment. Not Which produced we by love, P- by the way. And the best part is the DVDs they come in paper sleeves. Which is great because you know, I've gotten many DVDs from Amazon where like the disc will come loose from whatever spindle the case is, and it'll like when it's traveling just like roll around and it'll get scratched beyond repair. Which, never mind, it's not a problem for me because I know someone that resurfaces DVDs, but I'm sure someone would be pissed like if they got like a brand new DVD from Amazon and scratched all hell. Well, guess what? With the paper sleeves, you don't have to worry about it. It just You can just shake it up as much as you want. It won't hurt the DVDs whatsoever. Well, also, th- that may be a different release than what I got because I did buy this Oh, geez. It must be by this time, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. I found this at Big Lots. I could not have paid more than $3 for it. $3, huh? Oh, I I did not pay that much. I think I, uh, my original intention was, oh, this is the Joe Schmo season one DVD. And that was selling for like $50 or $40 on eBay. So I was looking at a quick profit. But then I realized, oh, this is Joe Schmo season two. Three bucks. Okay, I'm out three bucks. Who cares? Hey, guys, guess what? What's that? We're going to play Amazon Prices Right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, that Bill Cullen Price is Right music is so great. Okay. So you're bidding on the Amazon price to buy the Joe Schmo 2 DVD set from Mill Creek, brand new, on Amazon.com. Now, you better hurry fast because there's only two left in stock, according to Amazon. So, okay. This is... uh. Fastest delivery for the uh, most brand new DVD. Fastest delivery by Monday, February 28th at the time we're recording this on February 18th, 2022. So, okay. Chico, I'm going to start the bidding with you on the price of the DVD. $6.99. Mike. It can't be more than the $3 I paid for mine. Well, it is Mill Creek. It, may, it must be in, uh, a it's re-release. It's Mill Creek possibly. and it's uncensored. Well, well, but also, 
Uh, again, it may be a re-release or, oh, gee, $6.99. That's a good bid. Um, $9.99. You have both overbid. Oh, no! Of course. Of course. Chicos, ah! again with you. Uh, two ninety nine. Mike, <laughs> dang it, that's a penny less than I paid for mine. Oh, I can't do three dollars. I can't do three dollars. I'll do I... three. Ni- I'll do three ninety nine. We have a perfect bid. What? Oh my god. Okay. Second time ever we've officially done this segment. We have a perfect bid. Okay. So the price of the DVD is two dollars and ninety-nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> Sandal, you do not get a hundred dollars, Chico. Oh, you don't get to reach in Greg's pocket. Oh, hell no. I do not want anyone reaching in my oh, pocket. No. no. This is Jack Nicholson. No, 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 no. no. Nope. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, I'm calling. I'm calming myself now because it is time for It Was a Thing Haiku Corner. Oh, okay. Good. Let's play the music. Oh, man. This is such relaxing music. You know what? I could play this while watching Porked and Beans. Oh, jeez. Jeez. <laughs> Way to kill the mood, Greg. Okay. This is, this is my uh, this is my Joe Schmo 2 haiku. Okay. Are you? I'm. I'm so ready for this. Okay. You ready for this? I'm sure this is going to be a banger. Here we go, a banger and mash. Joe Schmo and Jane Schmo. Look for real love on TV. Fun with sausages. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. Yes, it all started with the craziness at its heart. Then it became all heartwarming, and it gets to you, and all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, there are a lot of sausages on this show. You know what we haven't played during the course of this show? Boing? No. Nugenics? No, we played plenty of that. No, we haven't played this. That's a penis. (laughs) <laughs> Charlie Robinson We miss you Charlie But you can always go To our website It was a thing on tv.com And we can listen to the 243 Prior episodes to this And we got all sorts of bonus stuff for you Like mini-sodes, live shows Directors, because hey Chico Sometime on It was a thing on tv.com We're going to do a special live show with me and you regarding a certain little movie that came out last year. It's something called uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ooh. With the guy from Kim's Convenience of Shang-Chi. I remember that. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a good show. That's going to be a good show. I cannot wait for that. Yes. 
what else do we have with our friends at Place to Be Nation? Oh, yeah, we got Abby's and, of course, Get a Life. And, guys, I can say Get a Life. If you thought this episode was crazy, Get a Life. Oh, I got to say 100,000 times more crazy. If I may jump in for a quick moment. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Within the last uh, about hour or so, as we're recording this, from our Twitter page, this tweet comes from our friend BFG, and I know uh, you guys know who that is. Mm-hmm. It, it says, "At it was a thing on TV, talked about the Chris Elliott sitcom Get a Life, and almost had me driving off the road from laughing so hard at the episode descriptions. Well, that's how goofy that episode was. Yeah. I mean, seriously, yep. it's it's one of our longer episodes, but it was just insane. Some of the stuff that they did on that show. They went into a submarine in a bathtub. Oh, boy. Chris Elliott was an escort. They were doing the Benny Hill chase scene at the end of the episode. He was a male model who had to strip and thought that he was being used sexually. I'm a male model, not a male prostitute. He fell from a plane, landed on a mattress that was filled with explosives. How does that happen? Do we need to go on? Only in Chris Elliott's twisted brain weirdest episode ever but absolutely hilarious thank you bfg you're 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 absolutely spot on with the description yeah by the way if you want to be as cool as bfg is you can follow us on all social media at it was a thing on tv except for facebook where we are at it was a thing on tv podcast because Mark Zuckerberg. And if you're on YouTube, hey, don't forget to like our videos, subscribe to our feed, and hit the notification bell. (laughs) Thank you, Montego. So you can be updated on our future entries. Like, we have three, three locked and loaded for next week. Uh, the first two is part of our annual Lost in Translation week. We have an entry from Australia and a sort of salute slash homage slash what the hell is even going on here from the TV show that I have watched every episode of since I was a lad of 13. And it's like, what? Yeah. Huh? It is indeed what? Huh? Yeah. In case you haven't figured it out, it is an episode of Power Rangers. And uh, not only are we going to go over that episode, we're going to go over the episode that is actually featured in the episode. What? Because I don't know if it was sort of, they sort of like did the whole MXC thing with an episode as a bit of a salute. Okay. But also, then, yeah, we finally do Mike's money in the bank for this year. Mm-hmm. And Mike has promised that he is going to bring the razzle dazzle. I don't even know. I, I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, I, I think this episode 
may have meticulous notes like the uh, Betty White Pet Set episode, but less animals. Well, there are uh, animals on this show. There's an emu and uh, and there's a bear. A bear? A bear? A, a bear. Oh, wow. But, but I guess you're going to have to wait until next week to find out more about those animals and uh, some of the other razzle-dazzle that's going on. Well, we're going to bring the razzle-dazzle and a whole lot of what besides next week right here on It Was a Thing on TV. For Mike, for Greg, I'm Chico. Thank you for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you next week. Well, All right, let's have a moment of silence for Montecore. Moment of silence for Montecore? Yeah. Moment over. Next. Yeah. Can we also have a moment of silence for Harambe since his Bengals lost? Yeah. Moment of silence. Moment over. No. We still miss you, Harambe.